Welcome to the Hard Skills Podcast. I love it when I have a guest who just like gets into my music like I do. So welcome, Ina. Um, so the Hard Skills Podcast is with me, Dr. Mira Bronco. I work with leaders in healthcare, research, STEM, and other technical fields who want to develop an authentic leadership identity and create a healthy, inclusive workplace environment to retain the best people doing the best work. In other words, developing the hard skills needed to make greater impact. Welcome to our second season. This season, we are focusing on developing identity. This is the second stage of my strategic leadership pathway model. So that's why it's season two. And we are talking with Ina Yulman about leading with emotional intelligence and strength something that is hard to do when you're developing a leadership identity. Now we value evidence-based practical solutions. So be ready, take notes. I always do reflect deeply. She will make you reflect deeply. I promise and identify at least one small step to further develop your hard skills muscle. Let me introduce a little bit about Ina. Ina Yeoman is a relationship counselor based in New York City. Her journey to this role is a unique one as she has experienced two distinct professional careers. She spent over two decades in the world of finance, including as an asset manager running a portfolio of over a billion dollars to a product strategist for a large analytics platform. Her work spanned large corporations, investment funds, and even startups. After checking that career off the list, she got a master's degree in psychology from Harvard University and became a relationship counselor using emotionally focused therapy, strength-based coaching, behavioral change methodologies, and somatic work to address body-mind stress. Her expertise includes healthy boundaries and effective communication, for people in a variety of conventional and non-conventional relationship dynamics, including folks in ethical non-monogamous, ENM, polyamory, and LGBTQ plus relationships. So this is going to be a really interesting talk. Welcome, Ina. Glad to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I am beyond excited to be here with you. Thank you. Yes. Uh, I am to remind us how did we how did we connect? I mean, I remember. Tell the audience, how did we get connected? Uh, sure. Uh, so I uh, I was involved in one of the startups uh, which was focusing on building emotional intelligence and uh, uh, for uh, teenagers and making them more aware of what's going on. And I believe that you were friends with one of the co-founders and it's been a remarkable discovery for me. Um, I always enjoyed our conversations. Absolutely. And so we, we talk um, on kind of a regular basis and get like real deep, deep into stuff. Like we don't have like normal conversations like other colleagues. (laughs) So, um, so let's get into it. First of all, I'm sure people are sort of curious how did you decide to transition from the hard charging world of finance to relationship counseling? That's kind of a strange leap, right? Uh, Maybe not. I, I guess you can you can think of it as a as a, a strange leap, but in truth is I think that there are there are a lot more uh, commonalities than people assume. Um, and I'm gonna expand on that, but also uh, the truth is, when I was uh, in college, my I had a dual major in uh, in psychology and economics, and also concentration in finance because I am an immigrant kid, and I need certainty. Um, and um, basically, I had a long career over twenty years in finance, and um, and. Over time, it became clear to me that some of my talents and some of the values that I hold very dear um, are not being exercised in my career. So I thought long and hard. I am a bit risk averse. And um, basically, that's how I switched. Um, And, you know, and it's been it's been really, uh, really rewarding. Um, 
what's interesting and in order to connect the two the two professions the two fields um uh, i guess i'm you know humbly or maybe not humbly i am pretty good at systems thinking and um both both areas under, uh, require understanding of you know how things come to exist what are some of the key uh key aspects um and understanding those you can really understand uh what are the drivers um whether it's macroeconomics or psychology there mm-hmm. and i think um finance there's an emotional and relationship when it comes to finance relationship with money they have a relationship with you said um financial stability and you mentioned um you're an immigrant that's another commonality between us right we're both um, immigrants what country did you immigrate from well uh so if you ask me a couple of years ago i would say that i um i come from the soviet union but today i say that i'm from ukraine uh which is the unfortunate shift uh driven by the political situation Yeah, yeah. So we had we had um similar experiences in um kind of country and politics um leading us to um this immigration, you know, um experience and completely um get the um combination of being interested in taking risks, the entrepreneurial nature of uh immig- you know being an immigrant as well as the need for financial certainty. Um and um so I just find you know that whole kind of aspect interesting. Okay, but not to digress, going back to like this connection of um finance and relationship counseling, let's just start with some definitions of kind of what you do, right? Um, we mentioned ENM, we mentioned polyamorous relationships. What is that for those who aren't familiar? Oh, absolutely. Um, and can I just uh, dive back to what you said? Um, I think that risk is a huge factor, both in finance and navigating relationships. And funnily enough, uh, in the whole aspect of attachment theory, which is something I will discuss later. And this the kind of like at the core of, of my practice is understanding how to take risks safely. Mm. Okay. And that's, that's very, very interesting. Uh, and also risks are incredibly important to understand when you deal with uncertainty, right? How do you deal with risk when there's no certainty? So, um, but to, uh, to answer your question about, uh, what I do, I, uh, deal with, um, with individuals and couples, um, who are either in conventional monogamous relationships or non-monogamous relationships. And I help them deal with, uh, basically navigating uh navigating some of the changes in the relationship understanding what these changes mean for them understanding helping them to uh gain an insight on on how to gain control in some of the issues that they're struggling with how to let go of some of the things that they don't need to control and also how to uh find themselves on the same side versus being oppositional Yeah. Um, And, and so um, what are the kinds of um, complex um, risks or decision-making in relationships that are non-conventional as we know um, it um, for, so for example, for non-monogamy and for um, polyamorous um, relationships, what comes up for them? Oh, absolutely. Um, a lot of, um, a lot of things that come up are very much related to, uh, you know, to wanting to explore something new, uh, wanting to, uh, to try new things and at the same time create safety around the trying those new things. And at the same time for the partner to support and respect that desire without seeing it as a threat. Right. And of course, uh, 
I don't know if I make it sound simple. It's not this simple. Um, and that basically involves, uh, to a large degree, creating trust, creating accountability, creating, um, uh, creating an understanding of, uh, what they can expect from each other, but at the same time, working with each person in the relationship in order to help them understand, uh, who they are. Um, and help them get grounded because a lot of times people externalize their safety and they externalize their sense of self, right? And a lot of my work, both with monogamous and non-monogamous people, is to bring that safety and self-worth back. Mm-hmm. And um, I would assume that um, boundary setting might also be part of that. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Boundary setting is hugely important. Um, and, um, I think, I think boundaries are like a common word, um, these days. I think that, I think, uh, boundaries both in understanding what makes you feel safe, right? Um, and then we can have a long conversation about what kind of boundaries work, what kind of boundaries don't work, right? But it is also very much um, about understanding what your needs are, right? And being able to express them, right? Because a lot of times people confuse boundaries and needs as well, mm-hmm. right? Where boundaries and rules. And then we can we can talk about that. And then something else that I feel is also very important to mention is that it's not just about boundaries, about understanding what doesn't work for you, but also kind of boundaries of who you are as a human being so that you have a good perspective of, uh, and I'm going to borrow your phrase, where where you end and the other person begins, because a lot of times this has shifted in our society. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. So um, here's what I'm hearing so far as like part of what you think about in all relationships. They can be conventional or non-conventional. They could be personal or professional, in my opinion, right? Like it applies to all relationships, but establishing and creating trust, accountability, um, expectation setting and discussing um, what those are, safety, what it means for you, what it looks like. Um, developing and understanding a sense of self, self-worth and boundary setting related to all kinds of things, safety needs, who you are. Right. Does that sound right? Yes, that sounds right. And then um, there is one other um, very important aspect, and that is also understanding what triggers you. And I think we're going to discuss it later on because a lot of times our triggers are a part of our history, or some people like to say our trauma, but we act on these triggers rather than on more concrete reality. And I think that that is important to understand for basically anyone who deals with other humans. Yeah. Um, so understanding our triggers or traumas, and what does that mean? Um, I, I mean, I think it's all interrelated as, as you're talking about this. So We're going to continue in just a moment with a few more definitions as we're laying the groundwork to how this applies to leadership development identity. Uh, We are nearing an ad break, so we're going to take that. You're listening to The Hard Skills with me, Dr. Mira Bronku, and our guest, Ina Yeoman. This new season of The Hard Skills has actually moved to Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern. So if you're listening live, hello, welcome. If you would like to join us on online right now and ask questions in real time, you're welcome to. And you can also find us on LinkedIn or YouTube at talkradio.nyc. We'll be right back with our guests in just a moment. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy. And I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a high-achieving, growth-oriented leader? 
Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mira Bronco, host of The Hard Skills on talkradio.nyc at 1 p.m. Eastern on Fridays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to The Hard Skills on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape thriving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify, your business today. Listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. Welcome, welcome back. My um, guest is here with me, Ina Yulman. And she, if you're watching live or watching the recording, was um, bouncing up and down, enjoying the music again. I'm going to have this as a requirement now for every guest who's on. (laughs) All right. So um, we just got done talking through um, some definitions of what it takes to create a healthy relationship. Um, And One last um, sort of set of definitions I'm curious about, if you can share a little bit more about what is emotionally focused therapy and what is strength theory. I know that you apply those to your relationship work. What do they look like? Absolutely. Uh, So emotionally focused um, therapy and um, is... um, there are, there are two kinds. There is emotionally focused therapy and the emotionally focused individual therapy. And there, uh, both therapies are rooted in the attachment theory. Uh, one is for uh, working with couples and families, and one is for working with individuals. Um, so in a nutshell, uh, emotionally focused therapy uh, views how we see the world um uh, as something that is deeply rooted in our experiences, um, in how we form close connections. Uh, frequently it's the family, but also sometimes, uh, other important people in our lives. And, uh, basically, um, at, at the root of it, how safe, uh, we feel navigating the world and how lovable we feel uh, with people around us very much drives a lot of factors, um, which I'm going to dive into later, but, uh, but, you know, ability to take risks, ability to, uh, make mistakes are hugely important. And these are very much rooted in our experiences and how we've been conditioned. Um, and um, the reason why it's called emotionally focused is because um, emotionally focused therapy uh, views emotions as signal for what is actually going on for you. What is the interpretation? Because many of us are, um, you know, are very smart. We have like a huge intellectual cognitive layer, but underneath it, there are emotions which basically uh, tell us you're safe, you're not safe right? You're small, you're big, right? And helping uncover those, helping connect to those really allows people to understand what is going on for them. Um, And then uh, with respect to uh, strength theory, uh, strength theory was developed, uh, it's very much at the core of positive psychology, which was developed by Martin Seligman. And um, uh, interestingly, positive psychology which is an umbrella over uh, strength theory was developed for dealing with helpless sense of helplessness, depression, and anxiety. And, um, and 
it is doing something very unusual for our society. It rather than asking what is wrong with you, it is actually asking what is right with you, and um, it uh, it sees our ability to function as humans divided into 24 different strengths. So it helps you to connect to those strengths, helps you to recognize those strengths and uh, navigate the world uh, knowing that you have tools, that you have these abilities, that you already have a toolbox to deal with many, many of the issues. And when people have that ability to, uh, to know that they have the means they can navigate the world in a in a very different fashion than somebody who is who feels disempowered. Great. Thanks for helping um to level the the playing field in terms of knowledge when it comes to healthy relationships. Um what do they require and what kind of um therapy and uh coaching interventions might support healthy relationship building. Now it might be obvious to us how this applies to leadership development identity, right? Leadership identity development. Um, But I'm sure it's not obvious to a lot of people. So (laughs) let's get into that. How do these things, how do you see these things relate to the development of leadership identity from your, just from your perspective? Right. Um, It's, it's a very good question. Um, I view leadership as as just one of the subsets of of things we do and how we navigate the world and uh and i think that when from the therapeutic perspective a lot of times when people are navigating the world and taking uh complicated paths um all sorts of triggers come up for them right for example you uh, mentioned uncertainty a number of times and Dealing with uncertainty is um, takes a lot of guts, takes an incredible perspective, takes composure, right? And all of these uh, are much better, much easier achieved when you actually understand what is going on for you, what is coming up, where do you feel stressed, and then you can calibrate it, right? You can really truly say, well, this is a real risk. Or this is something that I am dealing with because I have some sort of attachment history. Yeah. And I love how you describe leadership as just one of the ways that we navigate the world. Because a lot of people think about this as like position, right? But you can be, I mean, I say this often, you can be a leader in any space, regardless of your role. It's how you show up. It's how you create an environment of thriving for others around you, right? That's simply what it is. But in order to do that, you really have to know yourself well and know what your triggers are, what's going to upset you, what's going to set you off so that you're not causing harm to the people around you who you're actually trying to help thrive or help move in a certain direction, um, help the organization and things like that. So I'm sort of curious. Um, yeah, go ahead. You were going to say something. No, I was just saying, absolutely. You, yeah. you synthesize it so well. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. So um, let's get um, real specific about some common challenges that we might see for leaders who um, might have trouble with um, things like, uh, attachment, safety, boundary setting, um, you know, um, self-worth, the things that you mentioned, like what, what does it look like? Where are they likely to, to sort of find themselves in a, in a pitfall if they're not aware of these things about themselves? Right. Well, these are great questions. Um, and uh, and there are so many ways. Uh, so let's try to find the most interesting in the interest of time. Right. Uh, I think, I think one of the ways in which, uh, you know, attachment theory shows up is ability to take risks, as we mentioned already, and make mistakes. Right. And it's, uh, and it's very, very important to understand 
what for a person to know and to be able to connect to what's coming up with them when they're thinking about risk, right? Um, where they condition not to take risks and thinking that risks are really horrible and risks are bad and they should be avoided at all costs or have they been have, have they been kind of nurtured to perceive risks as uh as something that you know that it's the only way of adventure just because they did not have a stable environment and the way they made sense of things they would just basically thrive and risk and be incredibly bored and stability, right? Um, so we can talk about that. We can also talk about ability to make mistakes, right? Ability to make mistakes and perfectionism um, are very much um, tied to how we were brought up, how we uh, were able to explore, right? Um, so if we were reprimanded every time we made a mistake and it didn't, didn't work out, right, then uh, it will either condition us not to take risks at all, because not taking risks means not making mistakes, or being incredibly self-critical um, about, you know, not doing well, or trying to control for too many things, Um you know, and then and then also something that is very, very important to understand is that very rarely, I'm sure it's possible, but very rarely we talk differently to ourselves versus how we talk to others, right? So if we are very critical of ourselves, we will certainly be very critical of others, right? Uh, and it may show up in different ways, but... Yeah. You know, and then there are some people who seem supportive of others, but critical of themselves. But there is still this uh, difficulty of of treating our uh, ourselves and humanity differently in the at the top level. Yeah, uh, all of these are excellent examples. I my my mind is racing with all of these examples. Um, I'm just going to choose one for now for, totally. um, for the sake of, of um, time before the ad break. Um, I'm interested in the making mistakes piece because you talked about one end of the spectrum, which is fear of making mistakes leads to perfectionism. I also see the opposite end of this spectrum, which is um, what Patrick Lencioni um, says around um the the most the greatest challenge for leaders is overcoming their need for invulnerability their need to demonstrate for themselves and other people that um they know everything they got it they're um they're um strong they're invulnerable and i think that also keeps you from making good mistakes that are necessary for growth I don't know. I'm curious to, to hear what you think about like that in the context of kind of attachment theory development. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think um, so from the attachment uh, theory perspective, there is a there is one uh, one of the ways you can create an attachment is a secure attachment. Right. And a person who uh, who is securely attached uh, feels lovable even when they make mistakes. So basically their self-worth is independent from their performance. And that's that's an incredible gift because what happens is that these people are free to do whatever they want. They don't question whether this will impact, you know, whether they're good or bad, right? Um, and I think that that is sort of the crystallization of positive vulnerability, right? Where you don't need to be perfect in order to uh in order to be okay with yourself right and that unties your hands for um you know to so much freedom you can explore you can uh, uh take risks but at the same time you can also say you know what i actually don't know everything but i am willing to learn right because i can because i believe in myself um, and at the same time, uh, something else is that, uh, 
when you are, you know, like when you are, you're okay with making mistakes, you can also get unstuck when you see that your strategy is not working. And that is something I dealt with finance a lot, where you see that your strategy isn't working. Uh, you need to be able to pivot, right? And if you tie your identity to always being right, it's almost impossible to pivot, mm-hmm. right? And let's this stop there. This is, ooh, this is, this is gold. Let's stop there for an <laughs> ad break. Uh, you're listening to The Hard Skills with me, Dr. Mira Bronk, and our guest, Ina Yolman. We'll be right back in just a moment. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. to the hard skills with me, Dr. Mira Bronku, and our guest today, Ina Yeoman. We've been talking a lot about how um, the ideas around um, healthy relationships and attachment theory and strength-based theory all connect to leadership identity development. And um, some of those ways that we were talking about are around taking risks, how, how we sort of develop our relationship to risk-taking, minimizing um, mistakes or addressing how we feel about mistakes and how that ties our hands when we're not able to adjust in that way, Um, how we speak to ourselves in critical ways or to others in critical ways, right? And as we were talking, um, you know, a lot of people who who listen to the show and know me uh, know that I'm really interested and passionate about supporting women in leadership and um, also, you know, women with additional intersectional identities where it's very difficult to tease apart who you are at your core, um, the strengths that you have separated out from the uh, unhealthy gendered messages um, that we receive that then we internalize as part of ourselves when they're not really part of ourselves and how to extract ourselves. And so one example is um, taking risks is a big one, right? Uh, Women are socialized not to take risks. And so are many people from marginalized backgrounds because the moment that they take a risk and put themselves out there, the moment that they want to sort of show their authentic side um, or be vulnerable, they um, might be subject to negative judgments that are coming from, um, you know, many um, inequities surrounding racism or sexism or or things like that. And so um, in those situations, then how do you extract yourself from 
those negative messages and still um, find a way to show up, to take the risks necessary to develop, to grow, right? How do you still develop healthy relationships? How do you sort of enter into your own leadership identity, knowing that not all people will accept you for who you are in the way that you show up? Ina, I am curious to hear any thoughts that you have around this. Absolutely. I think it's a it's a very, very important question. And it's a it's a very complicated question, right? Um, because if it was simple, we would have done it already uh, <laughs> 50 times, right? Um, I think that uh, it is very difficult to tease out that socialized, nurtured, uh, mindset right and and the way uh the way to do this very i think very slowly and very gently is to really try to help people understand uh who they are and what they can do right because um i you know i come from a generation where uh you know there were a lot of messages that women cannot do certain things, right? And um, I created a way of navigating the world. And I was, I worked in investment banking. I worked in uh, for big insurance companies and in asset management. I created a way of navigating um, the world by being quote unquote nice, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I have to say that many of my colleagues were fantastic. Um, I got a lot of support in my work. But the truth is that the way I internalized my role was probably self-limiting in many ways, right? And it took me uh, a very long time to even start paying attention to it. Right? What led you, what led you to know you're supposed to pay attention to it? Uh, it's a good question. So for me, um, and, um, it's, it, this, this whole area is a difficult area. I come from, uh, I come from a family of multi-generational trauma. My, uh, uh, my mom was, is a Holocaust survivor. She was in the ghetto. Uh, my dad was also part of the you know, like suffered from the Stalinist regime. So a lot of the messages that I was getting were don't stick your head up. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yeah. And speaking of risk, right. And at some point I came to realize, um, it just became clear to me that my, my, uh, take on risk is irrational. And I think that, uh, at some point I just somehow guessed that, uh, that the way I see the world is probably not an accurate representation. Right. And from there, I basically started to un, un, like unravel what, you know, how things actually are. Right. And, uh, but it is, it is something that, uh, I personally work, work on every every day just trying to understand what are my self-limiting beliefs and um and i think that when it comes to my clients um and women you know i think it's important for them to understand what are the self-limiting beliefs right and it's and it's difficult to navigate because a lot of um a lot of things uh that we're good at right are sometimes not valued in um in the system where we work so for example um a lot of a lot of times emotional intelligence is not um is not seen as a as a strong suit while uh some other ways that are much more um uh, you know much more aligned with kind of like this alpha go-getter mentality are Right. Yes. And um, it could be the opposite too. So um, sometimes what we are good at is, is not valued necessarily. Right. So, um, you know, let's say 
um, supporting people in teams right. for bringing in revenue, for example, um, or um, creating a calm, healthy environment over um, taking um, massive culture change risks um, and going into like a merger and acquisition or, you know, things like that. Yeah. Right. Um, there are also times where the opposite is um, also also the case, which is that uh, sometimes women are good at being uh, risk takers, aggressive, bold, and that is sometimes also shut down as aggressive, um, bossy, bitchy, whatever, whatever the label is, because people don't want to see or feel comfortable seeing women in those roles that are traditionally assigned to, right. you know, as masculine traits. And, um, and so then they feel like they need to tamp down that like good strength that they have, because that is also sometimes judged negatively, even when the trait itself is judged as a good trait in a quote unquote leader, like a traditional leader. Absolutely. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and sometimes it's an it's a it's almost a irreconcilable conundrum, right? Because uh they want you to be a strong leader, but a nice strong leader. Right. <laughs> right. And and um and then it just becomes impossible to navigate. That's right. Yeah. So um we um the the thing that I uh like to use, the term that I like to use, um, and it came out in nineteen ninety-two. Um, it, it, you know, um, breaking the glass ceiling was yeah. um, the narrow band of acceptable behavior for women. And we still have that narrow band of acceptable behavior, right? Like you said, um, be, you know, bold, but nice or dominant, but nice or, you know, things like that. Um, one thing that I do want to mention is this idea of self-limiting beliefs. When Ina says self-limiting beliefs, and we all have them, by the way, that we're working through. Um, this is not um, something where we should be using it against women um, as a crutch or um, something where like they need fixing, which is a real pet peeve of mine. It's that we have our own self-limiting beliefs because of the messages that we've received that are unhealthy or unhelpful to our ability to thrive. And we have to sort of identify those things and unlearn them and relearn what's important and, and, um, co- you know, helps us be our true selves or our strengths. Right. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting, um, I think you're right. I think women struggle with a lot of self-limiting beliefs, uh, and this war, you know, in our world, but there is another aspect of it. And that is, um, a lot of times we take the value system of our family or of our environment, and then we keep carrying it. And it mm. takes takes a lot of open-mindedness and a lot of freedom to actually say, you know what, is this something that I want to continue with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, boy, let's let's stop there before... This next ad break, I think that's a great place to stop. Um, You're listening to The Hard Skills with me, Dr. Mira Branco, and with our guest, Ina Yeoman. Um, This is our new season, Tuesdays, 5 p.m. Eastern. Write it down, put it in your calendar. Uh, If you'd like to join us online and ask any questions, you still have a chance in this last section that we're nearing. And we'll be right back with our guest in just a moment. What really drives success in business? Introducing Intangify, the show that explores the intangible assets that create value and growth. I'm Matthew Asbell, your host and an attorney focused on innovation. Join me Fridays at noon Eastern to discover how innovation, culture, and other intangibles shape driving companies from startups to established businesses. We'll share strategies to unleash your business's true potential. Tune in live on talkradio.nyc Fridays at noon Eastern and Intangify your business today. Hey everybody, it's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy and Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week 
at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. Welcome back to our last segment here on the hard skills with me, Dr. Mira Bronku, and with our guest, Ina Yeoman. And we're talking about the connection between knowing yourself well, knowing how to develop, develop healthy relationships, and um, understanding where um, you stop and someone else starts um, in order to understand what you're bringing to the table, to a relationship, to um, your leadership identity um, in order to have the best impact and not escalate things as well. So um, we've been talking a lot about, um, you know, these um, concepts of trust, accountability, boundary setting, safety, um, how we you know, um, learn things from, you know, growing up and um, how we start connecting, reconnecting with ourselves. And, you know, I'm just wondering, um, as we're talking here, um, what are some steps that people can take in order to um, engage a little bit more around understanding themselves, developing a much more clear picture of their leadership identity development um, and moving in a world in, in a much more kind of intentional way. Absolutely. Uh, I think that um, a lot of times, I think it's important to notice your thought patterns, right? So for example, uh, when, um, when you start being afraid of making a mistake, right? Just notice your, that, that, thought train right i am afraid to make a mistake because um they will think i am stupid and being stupid is bad right and then noticing the emotions that um that occur while this is happening understand where you feel it in your body right and over time this practice will actually start helping you uh start helping you to gain a perspective that you know what right now this moment you're being triggered something is happening and then you just basically have to pause and sit and think is this something that is that is uh kind of my 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 value systems that are being in play or is that actually something that is going on with reality um and then another aspect of uh that i just want to bring up because i think it's important particularly um, you know, as, as, um, for people in leadership positions, um, it is very, very important to keep in mind that we are all, uh, subject to our cognitive biases, right? And understanding your cognitive biases, um, is noticing them is very, very important, right? How do you set your performance metrics is important rather than, you know, being, uh, part of the you know, suffering from the confirmation bias or actor observer bias or sunk fallacy, sunk cost fallacy bias, right? Um, having, um, having, uh, paying attention to these things is, is, um, extremely important because it allows you to untangle what is actually going on. And I think that once you can create a, 
a clear view of quote unquote reality, it is much easier to make decisions. Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of things are, are coming up for me. Number one, noticing your thought patterns and your emotions is actually not always easy. Um, if you're finding yourself um, triggered, meaning you're having an extremely strong reaction, you're you're feeling anxious, you're feeling, you know, um, sweaty, your your stomach is like in in the pit of your you know st- um, gut and um, you may not be able to label that and why um, in the beginning. And so going to a therapist, going to a coach, asking your closest friends and um, people that you trust to talk through what just happened, why am I having this reaction and slow you down enough to for, for your frontal lobe to come back online to make sense of it is half the battle, right? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And it's so important to, uh, you're absolutely right. It's very difficult to, uh, to think creatively and be, uh, and gain a perspective when you are actually triggered. But even noticing these things and paying attention to them, ideally without judging them, you know, judging themselves, uh, oneself in, uh, in this in this difficult period, right, will help you understand that something has happened, right? And then you're right. I think that processing this with somebody who is supportive and somebody who can give you a perspective without this critical judgment is very, very helpful. Yeah. Eventually, when you practice this enough, you can actually be your own observer and you can catch yourself yelling at someone or having like, a real rude response and then saying to yourself, why did I just do that? What <laughs> was about me or was that about you? Or was that about some other thing that happened earlier on right. that I'm taking it out on somebody else? Right. But then you can self-correct quickly. Like, I'm sorry, that, that wasn't about you. That was me working through something, you know, like it just makes you a much stronger leader when you're this self-aware. Right. Um, the other thing that you mentioned is cognitive biases. Now, a lot of people do not know what their cognitive biases are. They think that their reality is the true reality, right? So let, let's just sort of, I'm just going to put a few things out there. Number one, um, transparency bias. That is when um, we think we're clear and we're actually not that clear with someone. Like we think it's obvious what we're saying makes sense. And then people don't actually feel like it makes sense at all. Um, another common one, naive realism, right? The, the belief that what we perceive is the true reality and everyone perceives it exactly the same way. Not true people, not true. And then finally, confirmation bias, one of the most common ones, right? Is um, if like, um, you know, Dana and Olivia agree with me, but um, Ina and Jana don't agree, then Dana and Olivia are definitely right because they agree with me. And Ina's totally wrong because she disagrees with me. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So um, as we're closing out here, where can people find you? Um, the easiest way to find me is to go to my website. My website is nycrelationshipsplural.com. Um, and they're welcome to write to me and, um, thank you. Yes. I'm putting Uh, up her website right now for those who are listening later on and and are not watching this. This is a beautiful website, by the way, you know, thank you. Thank you. Uh, what will they find there? Um, so you can find, um, you can find a little bit of, uh, of information about me, um, my services, uh, you know, the page about uh, polyamory and non-monogamy, as well as support groups that I'm running. But if um, if uh, anything that we discussed today resonates, I'm very, very happy to um, to catch up with any of the people that were listening to the podcast and, you know, discuss, clarify anything that would be helpful. Um, I feel like we touched a lot of very, very interesting topics and there is so much more to explore. 
So absolutely. What's one takeaway you want people to leave with based on everything that we've talked about so far? Um, I think one takeaway that is probably the hardest and is the most important is to understand that a lot of times we are dealing with a lot of personal issues, right? And, uh, and in those personal issues, we start projecting uh, threat and being and danger. And the truth is a lot of times um, this is not the case, right? And it helps us, it, it, um, it helps us to understand this so that we don't have a modded strategy. We don't have, uh, uh, we are not confusing our personal triggers with what is actually going on very much. Absolutely. I completely agree. That is a great takeaway. And audience, what did you take away? More importantly, what is one small change that you can implement this week based on what you learned from Ina? Share it with us on LinkedIn at Mira Bronku or Ina Yeoman and at talkradio.nyc so we could cheer you on. In addition to being a live show, remember we are now on iTunes and Spotify. Go subscribe to the podcast, leave a review, share with others to help increase our visibility, reach, and impact. Now, join us next Tuesday, the 31st, October 31st, when we are going to do a really, really special show, live coaching with the leader, Alyssa Hare. You do not want to miss this behind the scenes, intimate coaching experience. Do show up. So uh, thank you, everyone. Thank you to talkradio.nyc for hosting. I'm Dr. Mira Bronco, your host of the Hard Skills Show. Thank you for joining us today with our guest, Ina. Have a great rest of your day, wherever you're tuning in from. Are you a high-achieving, growth-oriented leader? Are you interested in developing your authentic leadership while creating a healthy, inclusive workplace? Hi, I'm Dr. Mira Bronco, host of The Hard Skills on talkradio.nyc at 1 p.m. Eastern on Fridays, where we discuss how leaders develop the hard skills needed to make a greater impact. We interview experts, have live coaching, and tackle these challenges. Listen to The Hard Skills on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Passionate about the conversation around racism, 
Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 